You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real pain. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more info about PCLB and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PCLasVegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. Yeah. Come on. Praise God. Please be seated. I'm so happy, so happy to be with y'all. And I just, um, oh, it's such a wild ride. You know, when you're married to Jesus the way we are, that, that marriage rocks. I heard about the marriage that rocked yesterday. Amen. And boy, you, you know, Every day is new and fresh. Right when you think you've got a clue as to what's happening, you wake up the next day and here he is. The edge of the bed. Morning, Billy. This is the day I made for you, son. Rock and roll. Man, and we get up and had breakfast with him this morning. Talking talking about his word, what he's sharing with me about lives that brought into the world, changed the world, lives like you and I, you know, and uh, I just, I was thinking how we, uh, we all have folks that we've talked to about stuff, you know, and, and this morning I was thinking, you know, we know people that are passionate about what they like, you know. Some guys like cars, some like sports, and 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 uh, whatever it is they're passionate about. When you talk to someone and you say, "Gee, what's your passion? What do you like?" and they start going on, man, they have you, you have their all, all their attention. They're looking at you like he wants to know what I like, man, and they start unloading, man. They're telling you everything that. That they that what they're really into, man. They're going into cars, and you know, man, this is this is a fast car, and it's really nice and clean and everything. And when they're finished telling you this, you earn the right to tell them what you're passionate about. You see, that's what we call evangelism. We tell stories. We don't preach. We tell stories. And when you begin to share. Your pack. When I begin to share my passion, it's almost like, you know, the eyes start to roll. Oh, man, I am so sorry I asked this guy what he likes. Man. I mean, you would need to be bringing a sack lunch and have a seat, you know, because we're, we're going to talk about my passion, my Jesus, my Savior, my Lord, my King, mi rey, mi vida, mi Corazón, mi alma. I mean, all I can do is talk about him. Because why? Why do we do that? Because we're in love, man. Come on, I, I, I remember I was in third grade, 10 years old. Cynthia Rodriguez, man. That girl was a stone fox, man. Everywhere I went. Cynthia Rodriguez, this. Cynthia, this. Cynthia. Oh, Cynthia would like this, man. I'm going to get this for her. Or, oh, you know, that's Cynthia's favorite color. Man, who is Cynthia? What do you mean, who's Cynthia? She's my girl. What, we going to go to Fifth City on this or what? I mean, she's where the sun rises and the moon sets. I mean, she is. She's 
she's my girl. We we can get married. We had we we had the the names of our kids chosen. We're gonna have five kids, and we had each one of their names. We knew where we were gonna live, and we had we we even saw the house in Southgate. That was the house is just like the one we were gonna live in, because we were in love. And she wrote me these hot letters. And I wrote her some hot letters, too. I, I saved them. I put them in a hiding place where nobody would look under my mattress. I mean, the first place Daddy looks, right, when he come in and just check your room and stuff, what you've been doing. I had those letters in there, and after lights were out, I was under my sheet with my flashlight, and I'm reading those letters, man. Oh, all I had on my mind was Cynthia Rodriguez, man. Anybody ask me anything? It always came back to the default position, Cynthia Rodriguez. Because I was in love, man. That's just the way love works, guys. Remember? Remember, Art? Maria? Come on. You guys wrote some hot letters, too, I'm sure. <laughs> we do that when we're in love, man. That's all we have on our mind. That's why we do what we do, why we say what we say, because love is behind that. And when you're married to the Lord the way we are, you're on his mind. You know, you're the main event in his life. He wakes up. He never wakes up. He always sleeps. We wake up, and he knows our name, knows what we're passing through. and He's made a brand new day for us. He gives us new beginnings, a new second, a new minute, a new hour, a new day, a new week, a new day. Everything is new. Your breath is new right now. We got so much newness going on in our life, we don't even know how much new stuff we got going on because he's a God of new beginnings. And that's what makes him real and new and relevant and fresh in our life every day. And, and that's why he's so exciting. His word is alive. It's not a textbook. It's a living word of God. And we read it yesterday, and we read the same verse today, and it means something totally different and deeper. Wow, God, this is amazing. This is so, and it gives us an appetite. How we want to read it. How we want to read it. Because we just know that today is going to be brand new. He's got breakfast for us. he got lunch for us. he got dinner ready. And that menu is always changing. Every verse is different, man. And as we read through this, we see this love story going on between God and his creation. From the beginning in the garden, when Adam and Eve ranked out on the hood, man. Come on, they ranked out on humanity. They blew it. They sold us out to the devil. God made us perfect, but when we got here, we were flawed because the devil's in charge. It's the devil's world, man. Come on, just <laughs> hello, look around. He's everywhere, man. Messing with people, bullying people, manipulating people, making them do bad, awful, ugly things, man. He's everywhere. But so, and, and so God, you know, he didn't do the easy thing. Easy thing is just, let's just wipe them all out and start all over again. But you know what? Love don't quit. Love don't quit. Love makes a way where there seems to be no way. And there, when there is no way, love steps up and says, I'll pay the price. I'll become creation myself. I made it. I'm going to come in and be just like them. Be born like them. I'm going to live like them. And I'm going to die like them. Only difference is I'm going to be perfect. I come perfect. And the devil ain't going to mess with me, man. He ain't going to defeat me. I'm going to stay perfect all the way to the cross. I'm going to get the job done so I can save them all. I 
That's our bridegroom. That's our husband. Guys, we got a husband. Come on. And I know what you're thinking. You're getting into your gender thing here. Later with the gender. God is above gender. He made man and woman. Not just the women. He made men in his image. Men and women are the image of God. So how do we learn to be a husband? How do we learn to be a man if it's not God himself showing us the model of a husband, the model of a man, a man that loves, a man that doesn't quit loving, son of God, son of man. Wow, what a, what a God to get hooked up with, man. You know what? In that marriage, it will never end. It's forever. Our marriage is here till death do us part. Well, God's marriage is, it ain't ever over. He's always growing, always special. When we see the model that we have of God showing us what our mission is, our mission, you know, we all have a mission. Every one of us, even sinners have a mission. Every human being on planet Earth has a mission. They have a general mission, and then they have a specific mission. The general mission is love God supremely and your fellow man equally. One sentence, Genesis to Revelation. Anyone ever ask you what a Christian is? A Christian is someone who loves God supremely and their fellow man equally. Sounds simple, but it costs you your life. When you love God supremely, you love him more than you love your life, more than you love your wife, more than you love your husband, more than you love your sons and daughters, more than you love your job, your money, your house, your car, whatever you have, you love God more than all of that. Because he's your life. You've got no spouse. You've got no kids. You've got no things. You've got no life without him. So it's an easy, easy call, easy choice to love God more than you love your own life. Luke 14, 27, this is what Jesus said in his own words. These are red letters, folks. Come on. If it's red letters, you know Jesus said those words literally. So I, I tell you, when I gloss, gloss through the, the scriptures and I see red letters, man, my, I'm, all my antennas are up. I mean, coming straight up from Jesus himself. So you write that down because I want you to know this is what the Bible says, not just what Billy says here. Love God supremely more than anything else in the world. Secondly, when you do that, you get connected. You make the love connection. And I'm not talking superficial love. I'm talking the perfect love of God that, that, our, that, that Pastor Maria was reading from 2 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And so this love is what you get connected to when you give Jesus your life. You give, put your life in his hand. And that love comes in, and it blows out all the walls. This is the way I met that connection. Wholesome prison, nine life sentences. I'm a dead man. I got nowhere to go. God bless you. <laughs> I got nowhere. I got nothing. I am done, so totally done. And that night, God showed me for the first time in my life who I really was. He took all the excuses away, man. Come on, all those band-aids I've been putting on myself, saying, well, I know I'm bad. I know I'm messed up, but I, I do a few good things. I've done a few nice things. and In fact, I'm better than this guy. I'm better than this guy. I'm not that bad. How many of you ever compare yourself to other folks, man? I mean, geez, I'm not that bad. I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. So come on. Give me a break, you know? But you know what? All of that comparison is like a Band-Aid to try and cover you, you know? But that night, he stripped me naked. I had nothing. I knew who I really was, man. Really? I was there, man. When you was a kid and you did this, I was standing right there watching you. 
When you said that word, I was right there. I listened to it, man. And those thoughts in your head that nobody's, I heard them. You didn't do anything that I didn't see, that I didn't hear. Those people you killed in Vietnam, that two and a half years in Vietnam, you killed all those people. You know, each one of them I made in my workshop in heaven. They were my handicraft. I made with my own hand, Billy, and you killed them. Oh, God. I'm trying to tie trembling, and then that connection hits. Dude, you are so screwed. Done. And right as that hit me, this floodgate opens up. This ocean of love comes roaring into my life, and it, it blows out all the walls. It, it blows out all of that bad Stuff that's so shameful and so embarrassing and, and so much regret of the, the coulda, shoulda, woulda stuff. All of it blasts out the door and down the toilet. It's history. And this love just overwhelming me. You can't love me, God. I don't love me. How can you love me? Slap me, kick me, beat me, but don't love me. I deserve that beating and everything, but I don't deserve this love. And that's what broke me. That amazing love. I know what you did. I know who you are. But I love you. I love you, man. You're my son, really. You're my son. I made you perfect. That's what he says to each one of you. You're my baby doll. I made you perfect. He sees us that way, folks. Who we are. He made us. Always. We get hung up on gender, folks. We get hung up on our own age. We think suddenly we're not a little boy anymore. I can't be a little boy, God. I'm 69 years old, man. I'm going to be an old man, and you still call me your little boy. Why do you do that to me, Lord? I can't handle that. I'm love. I'm love. That's, that's what love does. Love loves. You you married me, you married love. You didn't marry more than a person, you married love incarnate. Love. Oh, what can I say? Help me. Oh, I want to cry, man. But this is what we have as Christians. And what we have to keep coming back to, folks, because we forget. We forget so easy. And when we forget who we are, like Pastor Adam said last night, we've got to know who we are. We are God's masterpiece. No plan B, honey. Only one plan, the masterpiece. No replacement, young lady. No replacement. You are the one. You are, Brandon. Had you, had you all, all formed with a plan, a mission? Each one of us, folks, I want that really to sink in. And if nothing sinks in today, I hope this does. That you are loved far beyond what you will ever know in this world. But every day, you will discover more of how much God loves you.
it takes a lifetime to discover the fullness of his love. A lifetime. You don't get there in one meeting. It takes a lifetime. And what a ride. Man, what a ride. We just slide over and ride shotgun. He's driving. Woo! What a ride. I'm telling you, you never know where you're going, but you know who you're going with. Uh-huh. And that makes it okay. I'm telling you, even the doo-doo is good. Come on, even, even those dumb, stupid decisions we make, they're good because God's there with us. Remember the invitation? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You know what a yoke is? A biblical yoke has got two holes in it for two necks. Jesus' neck and my neck. And that yokes us together. You can't get out of that yoke, man. But you've got to put it on. He doesn't put the yoke on you. Come on, he's got, he puts it on himself. That's why he says, come, get in my yoke with me. Hey, you know what makes that yoke so cool? Is it's a winner's yoke. That's why his burden's light. Come on, that's why it's the easy yoke, man. He's already been there and done that. He's already made the journey from earth to heaven. Hallelujah. And back. He's the only one that made a round trip. So who better knows the way? So he can be the way, the truth, and the life. Now you're doing life yoked with Jesus, and he's walking right at your side. He's your 3 o'clock. He's your 9 o'clock. He's your 6 o'clock. He's your 12 o'clock. I mean, he's, he's with you. When he moves here, you move there. When he moves there, you move there. You are yoked together. Whether you feel it or not, you are because he says. Because that's the way I do marriage, Billy. That's the way I do marriage. I don't ever sleep. He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He's always awake, even when we're not. When we're asleep, he's awake sitting on the edge of our bed, waiting for us to wake up. And you open your eyes, there he is. Good morning, sunshine. Rock and roll. This is the day I made for you and me. We are going to do life together forever. Man, no wonder Christians are so excited. No wonder we're so happy. And people are like, why are you so happy? What, what are you on? Man? I want some of that. Hey, I got the connection. Man. I can hook you up right here, right now. Come on, hook them up. Hook them up. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in a church building. It can be on the street corner. It can be in the bathroom at your job. You know, I had this guy on one of my jobs, and he came in the bathroom one day. And, you know, I was the only one there. They were all Philistines where I worked. And I figured, well, this is, this is just my mission field, Lord. we we got to get them all saved. Oh, yeah. and, and so I'm in the bathroom, and he, come, he comes in the bathroom, and he, he's looking under all the doors. Oh, I'm going to make sure nobody else is in there. And he said, really? Man, I'm in such trouble. Man, my wife's going to leave me. My kids are all in rebellion, run away from home, man. And I, and I might even get a pink slip today, man, and get laid off. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know what you're going to do. Let's pray. And I just prayed a simple prayer with him. And he's just bawling like a baby now. God, do something with my life. And I led him in the sinner's prayer. He cried, you know, he says, man, what, how, how much do I owe you? I said, what do you mean, how much you owe me? You think I'm a, I, I'm a counselor or something, or I'm, I got a service fee or something? I said, dude, I'm going to save, I, I want to rescue your life, man. I, I, I want to show you, you were made for better than this. You know, <laughs> you know what God, God's going to do? He's going to get your kids back. He's going to break their hearts with his love. Bring them into church. Your wife, man, 
she's going to get her head right with God. And, and when, once everybody's right with God, you guys are going to rock and roll, man. You are going to change the world. Come on. Yeah. Got to get you hooked up. Huh? We understand about hooking up, huh? This is what the Lord does with us. To put it in a more sanitized sense, we bring his world into this world the same way Jesus did. Jesus came into this world. There was a singer, Christian singer, that had some pretty radical lyrics about this. Jesus coming into the world to change the world. And in one of those stanzas said, when Jesus came from heaven, heaven met earth like a sloppy, wet kiss. Wow, man. Anybody have a sloppy, wet kiss, man? Oh, yeah. I had a few of those. And you, you picture heaven and earth, man. And this was Jesus bringing Bringing heaven to earth, there was that kiss of judgment and mercy at the cross. At the worst place in humanity, in human history, the cross, judgment of God met. And the mercy. Jesus took it all. And then he gave it all with his love to show us how to do it, how to bring his world into this world. Do it the same way I did. I did it by coming into this world and being just like you, getting next to you, close to you, so I could feel what you feel. I was a little baby. They're trying to kill me. My whole life, 32 years on this earth, somebody's trying to kill me. They are stalking me trying to set me up here, set me up there. And, and then there's some that, that, that pretend to be followers, but when the hard rain falls, they're history, man. I've been betrayed, even betrayed by the closest people and my disciples. Judas shanked me, man, big time. And I'm on the cross. Everybody's gone except John. He was the disciple that loved me. He's all about love. Love kept just John at the, at the cross, and love kept Jesus on the cross. And that's a model he has for us. He came and went through all of that stuff, knows what it's like to be attacked, and knows what it's like to be lonely and, 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 and falsely accused. He knows what it's like to be tortured, to be kidnapped in the garden. They kidnapped him, man. They snatched him. Huh? And they tortured him two days. Worst kind of torture. Crucifixion. Can't even breathe. Water's blood filling your lungs. And you you only got a little spot left in your lung. <laughs> Trying to get to there. Six hours. Every bone. The Bible says he felt every bone in his body was out of joint. That kind of pain and suffering. That level. In other words, he's been through everything and more. And we are. And that's why he can say, show you how I got through it. Let's go together. We're going to go through this jungle together. This pain, this hurt. And you're going to see how I got through it. Folks, our bad times, our hard times, are our best times. Because when at our worst, we're the closest to God. We're the closest to Him when we're down writhing in pain and we can hardly breathe. We hurt so bad, we can't all we can do is, is think in our mind. We can't get the words out. It hurts too bad. 
He's there. Our life is full of moments like that. We don't run away from problems. We run to them. We don't run away from the fight. We run to the fight. Because that's where Jesus is. He's there waiting for us. Come on, come on, come on. Get in this fight, Billy. Good and evil. You're on my team. You're on my team, Billy. I choose you. Oh. Jesus team, man. Yes. Yes, I made it to the team. I qualified. Yeah, you qualified. You're breathing. You qualify. And then I look at the devil's team. Doubt, fear, unbelief, murder. I mean, big, bad, ugly looking dudes, man. And they're lined up on the line. And then there's God's team. Faith. Hope, love, intercession, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. Oh, my goodness, we got it all lined up, man. And then we got the greatest quarterback of all time, Jesus Christ, Son of God. He has always got to play. He's got to play. It's going to bust through that line. Amen? Faith and hope are those big, big fullbacks, huh? And all we do is just hop on the back of that faith, and we just go right through that line, make a hole and make it big. We're coming through. Touchdown! Yes, yes, yes. That's every answered prayer. Every answered prayer. That is what happens in the spirit. Touchdown. We win. We're always going to win. We're going to get a busted kneecap, broken arm sometime, maybe a couple busted ribs. Hey, we're going to get some wounds, folks. Hello. Come on. You in combat. You born in combat. You live in combat. And you're going to die in combat. You know, that's the heads up. That's your headline. This is life. This is life with a radical husband. Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's so wild and crazy. Well, I'm God, Billy. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. I know God, but man, that is so over the top, off the hook, man. I can't handle this. I know you can't. I'll do the heavy lifting. You do, you, you do the, the easy stuff. Surrender. Get out of the way and ride shotgun. I did a work. I did a work in you, son. It is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Folks, he does the work. He puts the desire in you, and then he empowers you to walk by faith through that desire, man, because you walk with him, and that's your confidence. You lack the energy. He says, here, have a little bit of mine. We don't look this way. We look this way. Lord, I need some energy. My tank's a little low. He's filling you up, man. Come on. He, he, takes, he takes care of us, folks. He gives us what we need. And he tells us, I want you guys to take our world and bring it into this world. Because you're not of this world. You were not born of this world. Talking spiritual. You're born again from a different world. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Hallelujah. This world is boring, man. This world is, is neutral. It's, 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 it's not even interesting anymore. Why? Because our eyes are beyond our circumstances. 
Our eyes are focused far beyond the challenges that we're going through, far beyond to see heaven waiting for us, to see Jesus and and, and those we love that died in Christ waiting for us. There's a great cloud of witnesses watching. This world is only temporary, folks. It comes and goes like the flu. It's going to be history one day. But heaven is forever. Forever. Perfect. Perfect. No sickness. No disease. Come on, no standing in line at the grocery or the ATM machine or the bank. Hey, there's no, don't worry about the currency. The currency in heaven, I believe the currency in heaven is souls. I mean, it's a whole new world, guys. Colors you have never seen. Worlds and life forms that you can't even imagine. God's a God of new beginnings. He's always making new things. So I'm excited because I'm going to get it to explore forever. I love exploration, man. Where are we going to go today? Where are we going to go? Who are we going to see? What are they like? Oh, you'll find out when we get there. I mean, worlds that haven't even been created yet, God will create so we can explore them. Oh, people, it is so exciting in heaven. It is so worth it what we do on this earth now. Because here we're in boot camp. We're in boot camp training. God's grooming us to rule with him forever. And when we get this in our mind, in our heart, our 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 specific purpose, we know our journal, general purpose is to love God supremely and a fellow man equally, but our specific purpose, that is the ministry he has for us. And Adam was talking about it last night. There's, there's, there's a series, temporary assignment, temporary calling, and then there's the daily calling. And like, like we heard, you know, the most exciting calling is the daily one, man, the day by day. Because that's what keeps Jesus fresh in you. You don't hear about him once a week on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Oh, you hear about him for breakfast. Hey, guys, I got a date with Jesus. Not just for lunch today. Our lunch date a little bit, Lord. I know I'm so eager. It's going to be good. It would be so good. And then there's dinner date tonight. And those are always flexible. It doesn't have to be the same. God doesn't stand on formality. He just wants to hook up with us three times a day. Same way we hook up with our body. Come on, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Well, what about our spirit needs food too? And that's why we have the calendar of Dates with Jesus. Pastor Art's going to hook everybody up too, man. We need to have those dates. That's how we keep Jesus fresh and real in our life. You ever know somebody and have a good relationship with them and you only see them once a week for an hour? Not a very good friend. Takes you a long time to know that person. And then when you know them, you really don't know them that well. But how about somebody? You hook up with every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. How how, how well do you think you'd know that person? Maybe like your hand? Huh? Maybe like your little birthmark here? Huh? You're so familiar with, you know, you see every day? Uh, You know real well because you're spending time with them. And they're spending time with you. And when that person happens to be Jesus, whoa. Come on, folks. You guys are like white and rice. Amen? You're the same. And that intimacy, that depth of love, the more love you realize with God, the more free you become. You're not intimidated anymore by people. What people say about you, all all their hang-ups, trying to put their hang-ups on you. Have you ever noticed that? Some people that got hang-ups, they go and accuse you of the same hang-ups. Come on. And someone accuses you, just in your mind, remember, uh, that's probably their hang-up. That's why they're putting it on me. Psychologists call this transference. 
transference is transferring something from you on somebody else as an accusation. So don't get chill. Just chill, man. Come on. Because you know where to take that. Right down to the pit. As a love offering, right? Right in the toilet. That's where it goes. Hell's love offering. For me. And so, really, when those, com when those comments come, we need to just let them lay. Let them lay. That's not for me. That's for the devil. Here, devil, go for it, man. This is yours. This is yours. This ain't mine. I send that package. Return to sender. Return to sender. I ain't going to accept that. I didn't order that. Amen? And this is how we live our life with Jesus. And why the world looks at us and says, man, you are not of this world. Yes, amen. You are weird. Now, I know I'm weird. I'm different because I'm not of this world. I'm of heaven, man. You tell me about your world, I'll tell you about my world. My world. My world is all Jesus. How big he is. How wild and rage, outrageous he is. He tells people to drink his blood. He tells them to eat his flesh. That, that's, that, that's pretty outrageous. Some of the things Jesus said, you know, but, but he's talking in the spiritual sense and they're thinking in the physical. They're on a whole different wavelength. You look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 24, verse 24, in that area there, we have the communion supper. What do we do in communion? Take this bread. This is my body. Eat it. This is my body that I gave for you. Take this cup of juice. This is my blood. As oft as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. You see what I'm saying now? Now we understand. Drinking blood and eating the flesh, right? But when you're religious and you're just thinking of religion, you're taking these words literal, literally, and that's where the hang-up comes from. And I know I've even had unbelievers ask me about that question. Say, Man, you a cannibal? What is it? How, how, how do you eat the body of a human being? I mean, you don't understand. And the reason you don't understand the Bible is you're dead. I ain't dead. I'm alive, man. Just like you, I'm alive. Yeah, you're alive physically, but your spirit, man, is dead. And dead people don't understand anything. They're dead. You've got to get alive so you can understand the living word of God. You've got to get alive first. And hey, no problem. I got the connection, man. I got the connection. I'll hook you up right now, man. Come on. Right here, give me a hand. We got it hooked up right now. You can get that connection. Yeah, we, we meet people where they are. That's the way God brings the world, brings heaven into this world. He talks to our children. Five, six years old? How old's my buddy there? Huh? Eight, sorry, man. Eight o'clock, eight years old. God talks to this young man as an eight-year-old, not as a 60 or a 30-year-old, an eight-year-old. You know Jesus. You know Jesus because he talks to you and you talk to him. You share your secrets with him. You share your thoughts. You share your fears, your joys, and you share with him the things you're confused about. I don't understand this, Jesus. Help me with this. And he talks to you, just like another eight-year-old. But he's gone. He loves you. And you love him, too. I know I can tell you're a Jesus boy. I saw it all the way over here. Praise God. And so this is the way the Lord works. Communicating his world to us in this world he meets us where we are, male, female, rich, poor, come on, Spanish, 
Ethiopian, Mandarin, Chinese, Iraqi, Afghanistan. They don't make him no never mind. He's God. He speaks all these languages. Speaks the language of the Spirit. Holy Spirit understands all languages. So this is what he does with us. Oh, sorry. I, I got to get to our text here. No. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't want you guys thinking that I'm just talking off the cuff here, okay? I really do have scripture behind all that I'm saying right now. So we got to, let me give it to you to just, just keep, keep things on the up and up, okay? John chapter 17, verse 14 to 19. I'll give you a few minutes to get there, and then I'll, I'll, I'll read these verses to you. Because after telling you and sharing with you all these thoughts, when we read these verses, you'll understand how what I was saying fits in, okay? All right. So John chapter 17, verse 14 to 19. This is God's high priestly prayer. Jesus' high priestly prayer between him and his Father. And in this part of the prayer, he's praying for his disciples. The first part, the first five verses were about Jesus and his Father, their personal relationship. That's like you, you and I, and Jesus, those first five. Then we come to the disciples, and that's like us. Jesus is praying for us right here in verse, just these, these verses, verses um, 14 to 19. I have given them your word, and I gave, them, gave you guys his word this morning, okay? And I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. I'm going to stop here for a minute. Sanctify. This is kind of a fancy word for some folks, but Sanctify means set apart from a profane purpose or common purpose to a holy purpose. In other words, setting you apart from the world that you live in, that we live in, to a holy purpose to be in God's world, Jesus' world. So that's what sanctify means. You guys who love him this way, you've been set apart out of this world and put into Jesus' world. Sanctify them with your truth. And we know the truth is the word of God. This is what truth is. So verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Jesus is the word of God. He is the truth. And so by doing this and being our model of the normal Christian life, see, Jesus is our model of the normal Christian life. This is not, this is not really a high, high level or low level. This is the normal Christian life that God expects from everyone who names him as their Lord and Savior. This is not an option, folks. This is the whole reason why he married us. He expects this from us, to take his world into this world and to share, share our stories, our life. You know, it's not a formal thing. Some people get so hung up on formalities. I feel formalities make us feel special, huh? I mean, if I came with a suit and tie and everything, I could feel all special, but you know, it doesn't change anything. Your word is the word. Truth is the truth. Jesus is Jesus without a tie. You can come in with sneakers, barefoot. You know, he can come in here with shorts and a T-shirt. You know, John the Baptist came with grasshoppers hanging out his mouth. Come on. He doesn't stand on formality. He stands on hearts and souls. It's about souls. And what we want to do is we want to share our stories with people, relationships that we have every day, people that we know, 
Because our very presence begs the question. I mean, the very fact of the way you respond in confidence to turmoil, to accusation, false accusations, you're, you're calm, you're not all fluttered. Why do you stay calm in the middle of all of that? Because you know who you are, that you are loved. No matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody does, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, Jesus loves you. You're his masterpiece. It doesn't matter anymore. People are going to under, misunderstand us, but Jesus will always understand us. And, and we always got dinner where we can hook up again in case we're having a rough time between lunch and dinner. Oh, we're just going to take it to Jesus. That's all. He's our best friend, our best friend, who understands us like nobody else. You share that with your coworker. You share that with people. They just shake their head. Wow. You really freaked out, man. You really messed up. You need to see a psychiatrist. Well, I got the best psychiatrist. Matter of fact, I'm meeting him for lunch here. You want to come? You talk to this young person who's, who's talking about the, that they're having a problem with their boyfriend or their girlfriend, and, and you know, they're, they're just, oh, man, you know, he just doesn't understand me. Oh, she just doesn't understand me. I'm a man. Why she treat me like her, her, her boy or something, man? Like I'm not a man. And I, and, and I said, you know what, guys? Just chill for a minute. Because, you know, I'm in relationship, too. You say you're in relationship? Well, I'm in relationship, too. Let me tell you about my relationship with Jesus. He is so good. He? What do you mean, he, Billy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's bigger than guys. He's bigger than girls, man. His love is greater than any love you could ever get from a woman, dude. I mean, his love is way over the top. It is so overwhelming that it, it cancels everybody out. And it's just you and him and the world. And, and he, you know what? He takes me to the craziest places. He is so radical and wild, man. We went to Ethiopia. He took me to Ethiopia. I don't know anybody in Ethiopia. And he took me there in this communist country, and it's illegal to even carry a Bible. It's illegal to be in an Ethiopian's house if you're a white boy. If you're from out of the country, you can't go to an Ethiopian church. You can't pastor an Ethiopian church. You're in trouble all the time. And he took me there. Can you believe that? But he's, he's my husband. You know, the Bible says, my maker is my husband. Oh, wow. Isaiah 54, 3, guys. Come on. I'm not just spitting this out. This is what the Bible said. That's what takes God above gender. And we don't get hung up on the world's mindset on gender. And let me tell you, it doesn't end there, guys. Man, he took me to Ethiopia. I'm in an underground church, secret church. And he told me, hey, I got a girl for you, man. This girl, she got a girl and a boy. She'd been married before her husband died. And her girl, her daughter, is older than the son. And I said, wow, God, that's pretty radical, man. But she wasn't in America. Twelve years later, I'm in Ethiopia, and I meet this girl in the underground church, and she and she's telling me how she's a mom. Her husband's dead, and she got a son and a daughter, and the daughter is older than the son. And the Lord's saying, "Here she is, man. Congratulations." No, not not here, not now. This is a foreign country, man. You know, I, I if I tell her something like that, she's gonna slap me. Maybe she'll punch me. Maybe she'll scream, and the soldiers will come. I'm in the joint. And I'm history. Lord, how can I tell her that? Tell her, son. I'm going to cut to the chase here. That morning, and I told her, I said, Lillian, um, God said, 
for me. God said this. It's not me. I'm, I'm just telling you. God said this word, and I'm telling you because he told me to tell you. Okay? So this is on God. It's not on me. And my heart, I'm saying, Lord, if she slaps me, she slaps you first, man. You're going to get it too because you're here in the mix, you know. So, Mr. Moulier, God told me to spread my skirt over here. And Boaz spread his skirt over you are my wife, your children are my children, this house is my house. She's right. Ha! She's screaming, and when she threw her hands up in the air, I knew I was safe, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, she's praising God. Hallelujah, man. I'm not in trouble here. <laughs> yeah. That was a wild ride. The country said, you can't marry her. You're you're a foreigner, and you've got to be here a year clean. No trouble, no problems, and then you can marry. I said, no, that's not possible. God gave us a date, you know, August 10th, 1985. That's the date he gave us. Is we going to get married on August 10th? No, you can't get married. I said, huh. God said, August 10th, that's when we're going to get married. We'll be back here on August 10th for the, for the license. So we sent invitations out and everything for the August 10th meeting. And August 10th comes, and there's 300 people waiting outside that door <laughs> with us. And that, uh, the lady that said, you can't get married, she sent her deputy out. And he married us there, the civil ceremony, on August 10th. Oh, you know, God just shut her mouth, man. You know, you, 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 you out of this picture now. I'll, I'll get this old boy here, and I'll let him be blessed. And we had the marriage and celebration that rocked that. That, that uh, community center, the, the building, the main principality building in Addis, nobody sings in that place. But boy, we were singing some songs, Amharic songs off the, off the hook songs, Bamiskana Ho, Bamiskana, Satan Yeli Kiryali Nga, Bamiskana Ho, Bamiskana, Satan Yafalanya. We celebrate Jesus, Satan Yafalanya, Satan is defeated. He wanted to do this. He is defeated. Satan, you flowing And that was echoing all through that building. My husband took me there, man. Can you believe this? This is so outrageous. This is so exciting. And this is what keeps us glued to God because he takes us places that are way over our head, man, that are way over our abilities, just so he can show off his power through our weakness. Through our ignorance, his wisdom flows. Through our numbness, his love flows and, and revives us and renews us. So don't get freaked out. Don't be afraid. Oh, the God of battles is walking with you, Pastor Art. How can we be afraid? We've got that steel in our backbone. Oh, come on. Is that all you've got, devil? Come on. I wanted to kiss, man. I, I would have asked my mama to kiss me. Come on. Is that all you got, devil? Come on. You insult me coming at me like this, man. Make your challenge big. Because I got a big God who can take it. You insult me with this little nickel and dime stuff, man. These little men in skirts are always running from. Hmm? I'm not in a skirt. I'm in a pair of Levi's, man. Come on, bring it on, dude. I'm ready. I'm ready for a fight here. Why can I talk like that? Because of my husband. He's with me. He backs me up. I pray. I talk with him. He gives me the vision. And it's always an impossible vision. It's way over the top, man. And I know it's a God vision because there's no room for me. My, my part is ride shotgun, get your seatbelt fastened, and make sure your seat is in its fully upright position. We're taking off, guys. And where we go, we'll find out when we get there. I'm just riding, strapped in. Goes from there to the Afar, the lawless tribe in Ethiopia, the wildest, most feared tribe in Ethiopia. And that's where God wants to start the ministry. And I remember one time I was on that ride down there, 
14-hour ride from Addis, one way. Gives you a lot of time to fellowship, man. That's cool about rolling with, with Jesus. You got a lot of fellowship time. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, oh, these guys are so hard to work with. Man, they're lawless. They're rebellious. They don't listen. They're never wrong. They're always right. And, man, and they all got AK-47s. I ain't got nothing, man. How am I going to fight these guys? Man, I got to get down with them. Lord, I'm a Marine. Where's my M16? Come on, that's not, that's not a fair fight. No, he waits till I'm through venting, and he says, remember how we met, Billy? Remember, remember Folsom? Was I good? Oh, wasn't that sweet, man? Oh, God. I was so messed up, man. I'm still messed up, Don. You know what you were? You were lawless. You were wicked. You were violent. You were a murderer. You wouldn't listen. I, 29 years I worked with you, son, trying to get through your thick skull, man. So I just figured you'd probably get along with these off all real well. Oh, man. You know, he had a wonderful way of teaching us, doesn't he? Come on. He's real life with God. And we tell stories like this. And you guys have your own stories. Mine are boring stories. I mean, you, you, you forget about my story. Let Moulier, when Sister Moulier comes, my warrior queen, she got to tell you some stories, man. You hear her testimony, you forget about mine. That woman is a warrior's warrior, man. She knows how to stand alone. And that's where she gets standing alone in the church, the house where we have the church. She is alone there. Fighting to fight. No, no water, no electricity. Huh? Certainly not like the US. Hot, lonely, but her husband's there. Her husband's husband, I should say, is there. The Lord Himself is there. Huh? And so what I'm I want to just leave this with you this morning, guys. Just you have stories to tell about you and Jesus. It is the best sermon you will ever preach, your life, your life story. People cannot tell you you never lived that way before. God never did that in your life. They can't tell you that. When you tell them your life, it is electric. They will never forget that story. And they won't keep their mouth shut either. They're going to tell somebody. And that person going to be so shocked, they're going to tell somebody. And by the end of the week, close to a thousand people will hear that story that you told one person. It's your testimony. Powerful. And it's the most powerful testimony in the world. Nobody else has it. It's only one you, honey. Only one you. We got to get hearts, because if we don't share our story with Jesus, with other people, we are the worst kind of thief. The worst kind of thief. A thief that steals a hundred bucks from you can give you back a hundred bucks. But a thief that steals the testimony of God from someone's life by shutting their mouth and not saying it can never pay that back. For all eternity, man, you'll have that regret. I should have told somebody. I should have told one person my story, how we met Jesus, even what you're doing in my life, how my last answered prayer, to share that story of how you answered my last prayer. God, that's so simple, just one. You know, one penny, how powerful one penny is? If you take one penny and double it, multiply it by itself for 30 days, on day 28, you will have $1.3 million. And by the 30th day, you'll have $4.3 million. You see the power of multiplication? You tell somebody 
who tell somebody, who tell somebody, who tell somebody, and that keeps doubling and doubling every day. So at the end of the month, there's 4.3 million people that heard your testimony. And since you live in Las Vegas, Nevada, some people call it Sin City, you know, this place is God's pulpit. This church is God's pulpit. This is God's pulpit for the world. People come from all over the world here. Come on, you, you, you're talking to the world when you talk to people here. One person from South Africa. You share the story. They go back to South Africa and tell their family and, and their tribe and, and thousands, tens of thousands of people hear your story. And you only told one person who happened to be South African. Hey, folks, I, I hope you're really getting this this morning because this will change Las Vegas. In 30 days, this town can be upside down. I just tell you.